Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Again, I am Kaylee Batesman, the content director at She Can Code. And today we are discussing growing your network and finding new opportunities. Now, Women in Dorset is a group of people who want to take who want to make a safe, welcoming environment where women can share knowledge and be inspired. Luckily today, I've got the fabulous Simi Suleri, VP of Engineering at insurance tech company Prima. And she's also the co-founder and director of Women in Tech Dorset. And she's here to discuss how the group got started, its goals, and how you can become more involved. Welcome, Simi. Thank you so much for joining. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Nice to be here. <laughs> Good. It's it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. I know you've got well, you've already got a really busy day. You also look after uh, uh, Women in Tech Dorset on the side. So we're going to talk a little bit about that um, today and and how our listeners can get involved. Um, But can we kick off with a little bit of background about yourself, please, and kind of how you got into tech? Yeah, I mean, um, so I've always been a software engineer by profession. I think my love for software engineering goes back all the way to school. So um, I'm not one of those uh, uh, people who actually... Um, after uh, after choosing a particular career, this is the career that was for me, you know, from the beginning. Um, so we hear, I don't hear yeah. that all the time. <laughs> I know, I know, and I think uh, this was always something I, I was into maths and physics, um, and I really enjoyed problem solving. So it it was the path for me, um, and I started my career in um, in a uh, in a company uh, designing uh, simulation systems for air traffic controllers. So, a uh, very aerospace oriented, really really interesting um, interesting industry. Then I kind of um, uh, moved a little bit away from that, went into electronics manufacturing, then went to e-commerce, more around web systems, then insurance, then back to e-commerce and back to insure tech now. So I I worked in a number of industries um, in various different positions uh, and initially largely as a software engineer, then moving into leadership positions. And now I'm a VP of engineering looking after um, a huge team of very capable engineers and uh, building high performance teams is one of the the passions of mine. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you you, know, you have an amazing background where you went from um, uh, around a few different industries as well. It's always interesting when people say to me um, that they knew they wanted to go into tech and you mentioned you liked maths and STEM subjects. Was there something about technology that you kind of had had you seen somebody as a role model or was it someone at school who encouraged you or I speak to so many ladies who say you know what I was really turned off by technology until they kind of you know Mm. got into their first job and then they just happened to transition and fall into the industry but you had a clear plan yeah this is this is a very uh, interesting um question because i think that for me um i already had i always had really great uh, math teachers so it, it really really depends and i do think that in school it depends on who your teachers are and you take the first impression from them also my grand uh, my grandfather was a maths professor and so i used to actually talk to him about a lot of those things and when i used to find something like a little bit more complex and stuff i used to sit down with him and work out just just do maths like this was my thing with my granddad you know he used to teach me and he was a he, obviously being a professor he used to really enjoy doing like the school 
problems, right? So that, that was kind of a day off for him <laughs> when he was doing that. Um, but eventually it created a very lovely connection between me and the, the, the idea of this problem solving and stuff. So I do think that your initial connection with those things matter. And therefore, any work that you do, it is important that we go back to schools and figure out how the impression we are, the you know, the young children and, and, and pupils, what is the impression we are giving them? If we say to them, oh, this is too hard, it's not for you, or actually uh, on the, on the uh, side of the teachers, if it is not something that is taught well or, or interestingly enough, uh, then people just find it laborious and difficult. It is one of those things, though, um, that challenges you. It challenges you to be more creative, to think of the ways of solving a problem that you might not have thought before. Um, it also teaches you a very important lesson of abstracting things, right? A representation of the world in a mathematical equation. Once you learn that skill, that is the core skill you have to learn in programming as well. So if you learn it as a child, programming comes very, very naturally and easily to you. So that's that's what I would say. And in terms of role models, yes, he was in terms of my, you know, uh, he was kind of a math genius in our house. And so he was a role model for me. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, in, in our house, bo both my parents worked, but they weren't in the my, my mom was a doctor, my dad was a lawyer. So they didn't actually have these subjects. But they were very happy for me to kind of explore my own way. Um, but I had a natural interest in engineering and how things worked and how problems were solved. And uh, so, yeah, so that's how I ended up in the field that I did. Yeah, amazing. I love the fact that, that you just mentioned on solving challenges and you have to get creative to solve those challenges. And uh, that is a misconception about working in technology, that it's not a creative industry to be in. And um, you just kind of, you, you don't get to be very creative in your job. And you just happen to mention it there. People don't tend to put maths and technology or any STEM subject together with the word creative, do they? But actually... I know. I think. I think this is this is a really uh, big misconception. I would say for people who are actually outside of the tech industry, and uh, the thing is that in technology, let's say you have a problem uh, to solve. Um, however, a lot of the times when we are building. A software, we are trying to solve a real life problem. And when I say that, it might be that we are building something. So let's assume, well, let's take the uh, example of insurance. Like uh, if you go to, you know, traditionally how it used to work is very manual and laborious with a lot of paperwork. But in order to automate all of that, you need to understand the core concept. So you need to apply the same abstraction to it with a lot of constraints. And the magic of constraints is that when we are given that we have to solve a problem with a lot of limitation in what is available, then we really get those creative juices going because we need to make it work. So I believe that... Um, just like architecture, just like any other any other uh, engineering skill, um, so building software is is a highly creative process, and it is a highly collaborative one as well. So I think the idea that you'll be sat in your room behind a computer not talking to anyone is probably, I would say, at least uh, forty years old or an yeah. out of date. <laughs> so um, I would say that, you know, this is something that uh, perhaps we need rebranding of the tech businesses into and, and really telling the story as it is on how immensely collaborative and creative this space is. Yes, definitely. And the more people that tell their story, 
the more people will hear about it, um, which absolutely makes sense. Um, and that leads nicely into our discussion today. We're talking about communities and the power of communities, how to build your community um, and sharing those stories amongst each other and, and helping each other. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Women in Tech Dorset. So can we get started with what is Women in Tech Dorset and how did it get started? Yes. So um, it's kind of like a, a an... Uh... Uh, a story of my a little bit of my personal experience uh, you know I I've had most of my career in in Dorset um I started and, and had my jobs around here and um I mean there are not many women in tech overall um and there is a very small percentage uh, generally but in Dorset is probably worse than <laughs> you know um worse than your national average and I think that a lot of the times I found myself to be the only one in the department that wasn't an unusual thing and uh, then I found out maybe in a <laughs> maybe there was one other but we were sat right right in the opposite end of the building so we didn't <laughs> even know that there was another woman in the department <laughs> if she bumped into each other in the toilets <laughs> yes that's <laughs> precisely woman. what happened this is true <laughs> and they were like oh which department do you work in software really I didn't know that <laughs> anyway so uh it actually did happen like that it's so hilarious that you said that um but yeah so I think uh I found out that uh, generally I think um, if you if you know about social psychology, you know that uh, a lot of the groups at at work and outside social groups tend to form around gender boundaries, right? It's not like people are trying to exclude. I don't think that our colleagues were trying to exclude us. It's just like they form groups around gender boundaries, and you're like the odd one out standing out there. And yeah. I think that a lot of them actually did make genuine effort to include. And I know that a lot of people are consciously trying to do that. However. I felt that it still required, and I know that women thrive in communities, there was still something missing. There were not enough of us to even form like a small group or, or relate to each other and kind of like share those stories. And when we did come together, the two or three of us, the powerful, you know, we were lifting each other up and sharing those things. And it, it was powerful. So I made a promise to myself that I will make a difference in this space when I get a chance. And eventually I think, uh, you know, having kids, getting married, having a steady career and getting to a VP level, I thought, okay, now it's time to give back to the community because it's time to do something. And, and I kind of went back and started getting the feel for what was out there and figured out that a lot of women were still facing the same thing. You know, it, it hadn't changed over like the decade and it was, it was very disappointing for me. And I was like, okay, we're going to change it now. So, um, uh, we, uh, so, so well, while I was trying to find out ways to get involved in the community, just to, to, to find out what needs to, what we need to do and make a plan, um, I found out about um, uh, Dorset uh, Council running this program under Digital Dorset, which is to uh, introduce the concept of programming and coding to children in schools. And um, you were asked as uh, people in the, the tech industry to volunteer. And I think there were about quite, quite a few um, schools that signed up. I think uh, uh, definitely over 50 schools signed up for it. And then I was a volunteer to go in and actually interact with the children to um, to teach them to code. And I really loved it, uh, that yeah, session. Yeah, that sounds fun. 
And uh, yeah, it, it was brilliant. And um, through that program, I met another lady, um, Sharon Jones, who had worked in the Dorset community for a long time. She she worked for uh, the Bournemouth Christian Pool Council before, and she was familiar with the business, um, kind of the big business ecosystem in the in the county. So we kind of joined forces and we decided to form Women in Tech Dorset, a community for women to come together for learning, networking, and also for inspiration and to share those amazing stories that were not being told often enough and to celebrate. Um, and so that's how we started. It's uh, It's been a year that we've been going. Um, we started and we, you know, our initial launch event got covered by the BBC radio, it got in the press. I, we were very happy about it. Um, but it also highlighted that there was a need for uh, things like that. Um, and we had a really amazing response from the community. The women who've been, um, who've been inside the community have, there was a real thirst for something like that. And we were really, really happy that we are able to do all of this. All the events are free. We do online webinars, which are free as well. And, or you can join an in-person event, which is done on a quarterly basis. Um, and yeah, so we we are heading towards uh, our um, anniversary event in November. Um, so our we we are this time round we are involving a lot of uh, businesses because real change is only going to happen if businesses commit to making a difference and creating better uh, working places for women. Yes, and, definitely. Uh, yeah, so that's the mission. And so you mentioned there um, that, that there was a first for it, and um, that that you had you had heard things from certain women that you know there was kind of a gap that you wanted to close um, and help them. What kind of things were you hearing from those women in tech that made you think you needed to start the initiative? Was it things like I hear a lot of women say this? Sometimes I feel like I'm the only one who feels that way, or I'm the only one that feels like an imposter, for instance, and there's yeah, no one. I think to talk yeah, of to. course, like imposter syndrome, and I think it's a consequence also of being and feeling a little bit different right yeah. so the idea is that uh, i think we 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 as women basically feel a lot of the times that the way we feel we you know others don't feel just because we haven't seen anybody who looks like us in the field that we are in especially in tech this is more the case than other fields and um so uh what we were hearing was a lot of that, plus that the loneliness and feeling like there was wasn't any support community around them. The uh, another thing came out was uh, around difficult conversations uh, about women's health. People were not feeling like they can um, they can communicate with the businesses. So I uh, talk very openly about my uh, endometriosis and my struggle with it. And in the first our launch event, I. Uh, I spoke about it and I said uh, about how I communicated with my employer to get a better flexible deal for myself. And there were uh, at least 10 women who approached me after the event to tell me their story about with their struggle of endometriosis. And they told me that one of them was a very young lady just graduated from uni who said that she didn't even think she will ever have a career because what employer in their right mind would allow that flexibility? Like she thought it was completely unreasonable to request this very, you know, fundamental thing about your health. Um, and she thought she will never have a career. And she said, I look at you and now I think if she can do it, 
I can do it too. So she really was, you know, in tears. And it really touched me because I think, again, the communities are formed to support each other having these difficult conversations as well. Um, so some of that stuff came out. And, you know, general trend is that um, employers are sometimes disconnected and not flexible enough for women. Um, and it's not that, you know, normally women are juggling a lot of household responsibilities as well as work that makes them super duper efficient in the time they have. So they are actually much more productive in, let's say, the two hours that they're going to give you than another employee who might give you five hours but can't get that much done. So there are ways to negotiate that. So there are some of the these are some of the themes that came out of our conversations. Amazing. And and you said as well, um, I mean, from those conversations, you're obviously working on what you're you're going to do as a group um, and also you said that you're now going to be working with more industry and um, businesses and I'm curious what what are the group's aims and how is the group working to bring about change in in the industry now you're kind of working you know more to build that bridge between yourself and, and business yeah so all of our events have a theme so we do uh, not only some speakers and panel discussions but also we do a brainstorming exercise where the community gets involved in generating ideas about certain topics um and we've been building all through this year a huge kind of treasure of these ideas about how an organization can make um, the workplace better for women who have now, you know, or or uh, make, uh, you know, their recruitment retention practices so that they are able to attract more people and retain them and develop them over a long term. And so these ideas are coming in and being fed directly through the community into what we call a Women in Tech Dorset playbook, uh, which we are taking and um, sharing with the businesses to allow them to sign up to the charter, so to speak. Um, and then we will be promoting them as businesses that have made a firm commitment uh, under those guidelines being created by the community. And then we will obviously hold them to account um, on those things and work with them uh, to help them implement those. Again, you know, we're offering our services and all this consultation absolutely free of cost. So a lot of the businesses we have seen, they, they want to do the, these changes, they want to see these changes, but they don't know where to start. And they don't know, yeah. they don't have that experience or wealth of data coming in through to help them direct their efforts in a certain way. So we are aiming to bridge that gap and and to get them involved and really give them the playbook to say, look, these are some of the practical things that have been successful and have been recommended by the community and then promoting them inside the community and kind of building that whole full circle yes definitely oh, sounds like yeah <laughs> incredibly busy um and it, and it sounds like it's evolving as well as you go um which which is brilliant and i'm wondering uh, a lot of our listeners will be thinking how do they get involved in women in tech dorset do you have to live in Dorset to get involved? Because you mentioned webinars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, uh, um, well, we have a combination of in-person events and webinars. So if um, I would encourage people to go to womenintechdorset.co.uk, our website, and then go into our events directory, and we publish all of our online as well as in-person events. So if you are down in Dorset, please join us absolutely free. You get refreshments, a great chat, great networking opportunity as well. 
And uh, however, if you want to join from home, we have live conversations with with a lot of um, fantastic technical experts from around the world. So we do that webinar every month. And uh, so you'll get like a lot of um, information coming in from that. And that is also free to join for anybody who's living anywhere. So I'd encourage people to join that as well and be a part of those conversations because we, you know, running a live session means you are able to ask those questions to these experts directly um, what we wanted to do is we wanted to bring all these people um, kind of at the doorstep of 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 the the community, um, so that all this information that is out there, uh, we want to be able to really harness that and and move forward with it. Yes, and you keep saying a word that our listeners are going to love: free. Everything is free, free events, free advice, free work. Yes, it's absolutely free because I think that we, uh, you know, in the in the current climate, as well as, you know, uh, all of the commitments, the time is the biggest commitment you can give anyway. Yeah. So um, I think from us that, that as far as we are concerned, that's the, that's what we ask for. Um, however, um, we will make sure that if you do give us your time, um, you will feel enriched by the conversation and you will feel that, you know, there are several examples and, and a lot of progress you can make as a result of that. Um, so, yeah, so we, 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 there is no subscription fee. There is nothing, uh, absolutely, um, absolutely, uh, free of cost. And, um, we welcome everyone to join. Wonderful. And what about, so that's people joining. What about if any of our listeners are thinking, you know, I love the sound of this and they're thinking about launching something similar. Where would they get started? And is there any advice that you wish someone had told you before you get started, got started on, um, you know, just sort of tips on where to start and who to go to? Yeah, I would say uh, the first thing I think we did was, uh, uh, you know, getting a feel for the community. So uh, before we talk to the businesses, make sure that um, perhaps you're having some conversations around um, uh, your target audience, right? Mm-hmm. So you will need to uh, understand the needs um, first. Is there, is there is there a community already in place which you could be a part of maybe? So try and find out some local communities that have already been set up. There are lots of people who are trying to do these efforts. Um, if it is not there, then how can you um, develop into into those things. So I think um, I would say taking one step at a time uh, is the is the only uh, thing I would I would recommend because things like these take time. A lot of us, well, most of us have got our day jobs, so um, there is little steps. But I would say few steps in the right direction are better than no steps at all. Yes, and through our combined effort, we have been able to make a lot of progress in a year. So. Um, I think pace it well uh, and and suit according to whatever flexibility you might have. Join forces with other women. I think I would not have been able to do anything like that, even close to what we have done without Sharon. Um, so Sharon, with her leadership, her her style and communication, her uh, links to the local businesses, has really pushed it forward. So I I really really recommend partnering with other women because it is about a community. And then, and it's just the two of you. Uh, yes, it is the two of us. Yes. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I'm the I'm I'm not only the uh, I'm uh, not only the 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 director and co-founder. I'm also your tech support. I'm also your web developer. I'm also the <laughs> and, and and Sharon does all of the 
the the conversations with the businesses, the the sponsorship and stuff and, and all that. So we try and make do. But I think what we're doing is also uh, aiming in the next year to expand that further and to form like a steering group um, and uh, some uh, of our um, uh, members, well, not members, but some of the participants have shown an interest in becoming a part of the, the group and we will extend that further. Uh, but we part we do partner up with some um, like Dorset Council, BCP, and uh, well, it, it's good if the local government gets involved, right? Because yeah. um, that can help in getting the visibility and stuff. So we do have support around us, uh, but at core, it's Sharon and I who do um, who who run the Women in Tech Dorset community. Yeah, my gosh, you <laughs> have your work cut out so far. I mean, people must think that you're a team of twenty running in the background. So. <laughs> <laughs> We are. Yeah, <laughs> and now this yeah. is this is the thing. This is why I say that women are much more efficient in what uh, you know, much less time than than people might realize. Definitely, yes. <laughs> um, we are almost out of time, and I wanted to ask you one last question. Um, if you were starting out in the world of tech again, what advice would you give your younger self? Uh, I would say don't get disheartened by the fact that a lot of the times responsibilities are passed on and actually you are the last one to be considered even when you might be the most qualified person for that it is okay because it will come your way Uh, the thing is that I felt initially there were quite a few disappointments and I used to really take it to heart and I used to really really struggle with that but I think eventually um if you work hard, you're consistent, you look for those opportunities, they will come your way. It's not, it, you might not be the first one, but you will be one. And, you know, you're looking for that one chance like a hawk. And the moment it arrives, that you will seize it. And and I'll say, just don't be disheartened. It might not be every time, but it, your time will come. Yes, oh, that is brilliant advice, not not to feel disheartened, because you are absolutely right. And And even dealing with those setbacks and 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 that disappointment, finding your tribe and your community that can really help with that, surely that must really make a difference. So almost as well to to tell your younger self, please think about the types of communities that are around you and join them. I don't think that's something you consider when you're young, do you? Just kind of no. Thinking, I think uh, yeah, you you feel you feel that in retrospect almost, right? Because yeah. when you're young, you always have your friend from uni and everybody's starting their career. There's a lot of buzz around you, right? But I think eventually it gets a little bit lonelier as people move on and all that kind of stuff. So I think that that that's when it really comes to play. Simi, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing in the uh, Under She Can Code. And I think the more uh, organizations that are thinking along those lines, uh, the better. I cannot uh, recommend that enough. And I look forward to speaking to you guys in the near future. Yes, and in terms of uh, listeners uh, signing up for Women in Tech Dorset, we'll put the link um, in our blurb below. So please take a look, listeners, and um, sign up and see all the wonderful things that are available for you there. Um, But to everybody, as always, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to see you again next time.